From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock, and joining me today is Athens Athletic Director Eric Schultes. And Eric, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing tonight, Carl? Pretty good. Uh, got to go up to that back-to-school bash up in Nelsonville, and I did not expect it to be as cool as an event as what it is. I mean, uh, they had shut down the entire square. It was almost like a street fair they had it. I think it wrapped up at about uh, 4, but yeah, it's a great reminder. School is coming back, and with school coming back, so's uh, fall sports. Uh, that's just, what, first day of practices is in about three weeks, I think, so... It, it, it's an exciting time, I'm sure, to be Yeah, I mean, it's July 12th. Yeah. July 12th, July 31st is the, is the first day of our fall sports practices for every sport. So we're talking less than three weeks away from the start of it. Uh, looking at some of the fall sports uh, this year, obviously you got a lot of momentum uh, rolling in the cross country, especially in girls cross country. <laughs> uh, you have... You had one of the best freshmen in the state last year in Sophia Salusi, and you had a success with her in cross country. You had success with uh, her and several other freshmen in the 4x800 uh, long-distance track. You know, how excited are you to see now with the girls being sophomores how they continue to improve? The, these girls have an unbelievable opportunity to, to set records and, and potentially be the best cross-country team that's come through Athens and, and maybe the, the region. I'm, I'm new enough here. I don't know what other great teams have existed, but it, it's a group of, of kids that have a lot of potential, a lot of talent. They work really hard. They're working all summer long, and, and they got a really good shot to, to do some good things. Obviously, cross countries, uh, that that's one of the ones that starts a little bit early. They run for about two or three weeks, and then uh, they finally st- you know, they start around, I believe, mid-August, and then you got to invite pretty much every single week. Uh, are you guys hosting an invite this year? We are not. Uh, I've had conversations with Coach Gonzi about the potential of, of doing that. Um, maybe there's a chance in the future. We're just, we have great campus, great facilities, but we don't really have a venue that's really well-suited for a cross-country invitation or a cross-country meet. So at this moment, we are not ha- we do not have any this year. I would love to do one in the future because that's one of those events that uh, it, it's great for people to see these kids compete and do what they do because they work just as hard as the football team or the basketball team or the soccer team or the volleyball or others that get more spotlight to them. And it just is a little bit more difficult for the community to see them compete sometimes. Looking at uh, some other fall sports that maybe don't get the love that they should, uh, looking at the golf team, how excited are you for golf this year? Our girls' golf program is going to be fantastic. We have uh, – they're low in numbers. It's not a big group, but uh, there's some talent. that They should be 
they're going to continue to be improving and they're going to compete and they're going to get to where they need to be eventually. Uh, boys, we're going to have a lot of, we got a lot of turnover. We had a great senior class last year. We're going to miss them. Uh, we have great numbers, so I'm sure that it's going to be a rebuilding process, but we're going to get back to where we were. Talking about rebuilding, uh, Another sport that had a lot of seniors graduate last year from a pretty solid team was the volleyball team as well. I was Coach Haley Hart uh, kind of redoing everything with some of the losses from last year? Well, obviously they're, they've, they have new people plugged in, but I don't know that I would say they're redoing anything or even rebuilding for that matter. It's the process is in place. Uh, it's a system that works, and they've been working, grinding really hard this summer. They've had Jackson Summer Leagues. They've had open gyms. Uh, they're in the weight room. They're doing all the things that they needed to be successful. Uh, speaking of rebuilding, that's something some improvements have been going around. New turf for the football field and soccer field. Yes, uh, we are unbelievably excited for the facilities that we got. I'm going to get my notes so I don't forget any. Uh, obviously, the new turf, it's, we can't wait for the Jamboree against Tremble to to open it up, and then the next night with boys and girls soccer playing on a Friday night under the lights. Um, with that, we have a new scoreboard that's going on with football stadium as well. Right now we're just waiting on installation. Uh, softball got a new fence, baseball new scoreboard. Uh, we, we've just got tremendous uh, improvements going around. And one that's actually just starting to break ground this week, uh, we have new tennis facility going in uh, right there by the entrance to the football stadium. Ooh, that'll be nice. Uh how good soccer looking this year? They're going to be strong. Both our boys and girls programs are are really good. Our girls program had probably the best year they've had in a long time last year. We have new leadership. Uh, Nick Bozlowski is going to be our new head girls soccer coach, or not going to be. He is. Um, they're doing great work already. They're hitting the ground running. Uh, we got great numbers. Uh, we got some some good players coming back, so we're excited about that. Boys, we graduated a couple good players, but. It's just reload. They got they got a ton of talent. Uh, they they should have a very successful season. Absolutely. Uh, looking at uh, football this year, obviously a little bit of a rough season last year, but really young talent last year. How excited are you to see that talent as they move up continue to get better? Oh, we're, we're I'm so excited for our football season. We have. We got we got low we got low numbers of upperclassmen. We are extremely young, uh, and those young players, for the most part, or have had significant contributing roles for the past year, and, and some of them two years. So we're young, but we got a lot of talent. Uh, the schedule's tough. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but we, we should be poised to be in a lot better position than what we were last season. One thing that football's always had is the computer rating system. Uh, it's been that way for years and years and years, probably since about the 80s uh, when they started implementing computer points. Now the OHSAA is talking about uh, putting it in other sports. Uh, believe they had a trial run of it up in the Northwest District with basketball last year, and I believe that's going to go full scale this year uh, throughout the state of Ohio. Uh, what's your thoughts about going to more computer rankings? Personally, I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there that will that will like the old system. They like the idea that they voted on teams and use that for the ratings and the rankings for, for the for the seeds for the postseason. Uh, I personally think the computer system, whether it's 
the Martin the Martin RPI or Harbin with uh, what they use with the football team, it's the way to go because uh, it's going to give a more accurate picture because even a coach who's well-invested and takes their time and knows things, they don't get the opportunity to see every team play. They don't know what every team's records are and who they've played and what they've done. At least a, a, a formula that's, that is used in a computer program allows it to – at least be a fair system. It may not always be accurate, but it'll be fair. How much do you feel that the OHSAA is listening to people in the southeastern district uh, from Ohio? I know obviously there's a few, you know, there, there's sometimes that people down here, fans, look at what the OHSA is doing, and it's a little bit challenging. You know, are they actually looking at the needs of uh, the student athletes and uh, the communities uh, that are competing under the OHSA umbrella. Some questionable moves over the last few years, like expanding to 16 teams in football despite the coaches' vote. How much? How much do you think that schools down here kind of have a say about what goes on at the state level? Well, one of the things that people may not realize is the Ohio High School Athletic Association is, is a is a membership. And every school in the state of Ohio that is a member in it has a vote. Um, and that is how they decide what bylaw changes happen, uh, how a lot of the things happen. Uh, they also, the board of directors of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, are also chosen through election processes by the member schools. So the member schools of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, their principals vote every May. Uh, I think it's May 15th is when voting opens, and every school is required to vote. And... Those decisions on so many things are based upon the vote of, of the schools. Some of the things that aren't based upon the decisions of the vote of the schools are on a variety of things. One of them is the National Federation of High Schools. Uh, the Ohio High Schools Athletic Association is a not a member, but it's, it's a federation of all of the high school athletic associations. So when the NFHS makes a rule change for a sport, um, those apply to the Ohio High School Athletic Associations like they do most every other school or most every other state in the union. Uh, so that's how a lot of the decisions are made, and some of them strictly are financial. Um, they, they have to protect the, the, the institution of the, of the association because at one point they were operating with a, with a deficit year after year after year, and if we're going to continue to host tournaments and we're going to continue to be able to provide these opportunities for kids, it, it takes a lot of money to make athletic events go on. And then when you start talking about it, a statewide thing, uh, it, it, it takes a lot. One thing that's really exciting over the summer, even though it's not uh, part of the high school, is uh, seeing some of the Athens High School kids compete in the American Legion Junior State Tournament. That's going to start tomorrow. We'll have coverage of that uh, around noon, weather permitting here on WATH, as we'll have coverage of all the games in that junior state tournament that Athens Post 21 is playing in. But how exciting is it to see uh, a local American Legion team made up of student-athletes from your high school have such success? Oh, it's fantastic. I, I believe most of the kids on the team, if not all of them, are Athens City School kids. Uh, they work hard. I mean, they're playing baseball not year-round, but summer, all, all summer long. They're playing a lot of games. They're working hard. They're doing things. The coaches are doing a fantastic job. Coach Newsom isn't allowed to coach them. Uh, coach Newsom is, is Athens High School's baseball coach um, more than 10 days or 13 days now in the summer. Uh, but Coach Bennett does a fantastic job. The other assistant coaches that they have, they do a 
unbelievable job. But I mean, it is Athens kids competing and they're competing with the best across the state. How excited are you just in general for getting the high school football and bas- or uh, high school sports season in general? I know I've been counting down the days myself since about the end of uh, track season and baseball season, but how excited are you uh, to see where the sports take Athens high school students this fall? Unbelievably excited. I'll be honest, in the month of June, it's it's nice to, to, to relax a little bit and not necessarily take time off, but to change the pace a little bit but once July 1st hits and it's a, it's a new year it, it is uh, the focus is all on what can we do to be to make our programs compete better how can we make our kids better kids uh, once July 1st hits it just uh, the shift changes and I'm excited I'm ready to get there absolutely thanks for coming in eric Uh, appreciate you coming in hopefully we'll have you in again as well at some point in the next few months when we come back we'll talk with ashley beach as we'll talk about mlb standings here on the sports fan presented by jnk contracting Athens American Legion Post 21 Junior Baseball Team has made the state tournament and you can hear all the state tournament coverage on WATH. Coverage starts Thursday at noon and continues throughout the entire tournament thanks to our gracious sponsors Courtside Pizza, North End Kitchen and Bar, Attraction Salon, News and Cabin Rentals, The CI, Pete's Marathon, Dean Heating and Cooling, Athens Dental Depot and Brennan's. Robotic technology, minimally invasive procedures, custom joint replacement, and 3D imaging. These are advanced surgical procedures available at Holzer. Our game-changing advancements provide quality outcomes, which means you return to living your life sooner. With Mako and Da Vinci Robotics, we are taking surgical care to the next level. Think Holzer first. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Here's what's going on. It's the 73rd annual Amesville Fireman's Festival happening on Friday, July 21st and Saturday, July 22nd. There will be multiple exciting events such as the Coal Cave Hollow Boys playing at 7 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday, some of the activities include a craft show and Chinese auction, a car show at 4 p.m., a parade at 5 p.m. with lineup starting at 4.30 at the elementary school, a kiddie tractor pull at 6 p.m., and a musical performance by Eric Atkinson at 7 p.m. There will also be a gun show with a cash drawing. There will be many games for the kids and multiple concessions. The festival closes both nights at 10 p.m., so make sure to attend the 73rd annual Amesville Firemen's Festival on July 21st and 22nd. That's what's happening on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ and 970 WATH 97.3 FM. Now, for more of the sports fan on 970-WATH. This is the Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock joined now by Ashley Beach. And, uh... Hey. <laughs> I hope... I- I'm gonna I'm gonna tease you a little bit. No. I'm gonna tease you a little bit. She can't she got she tripped over a line this morning. 
I scraped up her knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How'd, how'd you do that? I'm just really clumsy. I just fell. Like, I just straight up fell. I do it all the time. I, like, fall once a week. I just fall. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> how, how, With the, the coordination, you still could hit a ball, though, at least. You still could hit a, hit a ba- uh, softball, though, right? And, yeah. and I'm pretty I'm pretty coordinated when I'm like focused on being coordinated, but when I'm just walking, I'm not that coordinated. Understandable. Uh well, it's uh the All-Star break still and let let's look at the MLB standings here and uh it it there's a quite a few surprises. Uh we'll look we'll, we'll just run through the standings first. We'll start in the American E or American League East. Uh, Tampa Bay leads with a record of 58 and 35. The Baltimore Orioles are two games back. The Toronto Blue Jays are seven games back at 50 and 41. The Yankees are eight games back at seven games or above 500. I don't think you'd believe that if you talked to any Yankees fans. I know uh, we could probably call up Ethan Sargent right now and he could talk for days about how angry he is about the New York Yankees, which is hilarious because they uh, they still they oh no they don't. They barely ha- don't have a worse record than the Cincinnati Reds, but uh, mm, yeah. And then at forty-eight and forty-three, rounding out the division is the Boston Red Sox. And if you notice, every single American League East team is above five hundred. You'd be correct. They're also all above all the teams in the AL Central, uh, where the Cleveland Guardians are right at five hundred. 45 and 45. The Minnesota Twins are a half game back at 45 and 46, although they have the only positive run differential in the entire division. Um, yeah, you have the Detroit Tigers somehow only five and a half games back, even despite being 39 and 50. The Chicago White Sox are eight games back, and the Kansas City Royals are 19 and a half games below 500. Just one game better than the literal word for word reincarnation, live action production in real life of Major League happening in <laughs> Oakland. Uh, speaking of Oakland, they're 27 and a half games adrift in the AL West, but aside from that, it's actually pretty tight. Uh, the Rangers are leading it with a 52 and 39 record. The Astros two games back, the Mariners six games back, and the Angels seven games back, but they just dipped under 500. They're on a five game losing streak. They're one and nine in their last 10 games. It looks like as much as I wanted to wish that the Los Angeles Angels were finally figuring it out, the wheels have once again fallen off, and they've became what we all thought they were. And it's a bit of a shame because it looked like this was finally the year, and the one year, the one year that they finally get it figured out, they just get so many injuries. And I, I kind of feel bad for the Angels because this was the year where they finally seemed to have all the pieces to make that long-awaited playoff run. Yeah, I just, I feel like something always happens to them every year, whether it's injuries or just the wheels fall off, always something, I feel like they've got a little bit of a a curse on them. But something that's just really interesting to me is when you look at the East and the Central, like if you would have looked at these maybe like four or five years ago, they'd be completely flipped. Like Boston being at the bottom of the, the American League East is just really shocking to me. I am a Yankees fan, but it's still shocking to me. Because I just, 
to me, they're they're always like the top, and like you, people would think of the Rays as the bottom, but I mean they're at the top. And same thing with like Kansas City kind of being towards the bottom, and like the Twins being towards the top. That just to me, it's it just shows how a couple years can change things. Especially, I mean, I mean even for like the Rangers, for a couple years, but the the Angels, I I wish the best for them, but I don't think they're ever gonna get the best and. It's just they're stuck the way they are. I I do think that this was their last chance, and it looked like they might have a chance to keep Otani. But now, well, first of all, I wonder: do the Angels try to trade him because they don't really have much going in a farm system? Is it is it worth trading him? Because I mean, you're not making the playoffs. I I don't think not at this point. Not with the injuries you're facing. Uh, Looking at the wild card, currently the three teams in wild card position are the Orioles, the Blue Jays, and the Astros with the Yankees and Red Sox a game and two games out. The Angels are five games out, um, but again, they're fading. Uh, They lost Mike Trout to a wrist injury. Uh, He's going to be out for at least another three weeks, and I, at that point, I think you have to consider trading Otani. But does he want to go? That's the thing. Like, he seems very secure with Los Angeles. Like, does he want to go? Would he Would he feel comfortable going? Like, what's his contract clause look like? I know one thing that you noticed uh, last night is everyone is talking to Otani, uh, you know, on bases and everything, and everyone's kind of like, okay, like, you know, not, not tampering. We're not tampering right. here, but we're like, you know, there's really good houses, a really good education system in Seattle. You know, look at all these fans. They, yeah. <laughs> you schmoozing, know, so, schmoozing. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, in the offseason itself, there was going to be a sweepstakes to end all sweepstakes. We thought the Aaron Judge sweepstakes was crazy. Yeah. This is Aaron Judge who can pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's a sad reality that, you know, probably there's only about four or five uh, teams that can really sign him. Yep. But I I really wonder if somebody wants to, because you cannot beat, in the playoff push, somebody like Otani. And I think the Angels are going to realize that, and they, they need to redo their farm system. Yeah. I bet, I bet he stays in L.A., but he just becomes a Dodger. Oh, I don't want to. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, something we need to talk about more is how the AL Central might quite possibly be the worst division in the history of Major League Baseball. The only division that comes anywhere close to this is the 2006 NL Central. Uh, you want to know what team won the 2006 NL Central? Houston. No. Was not Houston. They lost by a game and a half to the St. Louis Cardinals. Do you want to guess what record the Cardinals had that year? Definitely below 500. No, they did not go. It was almost impossible to win a division and be below 500 in those days, though, because, I mean, like you had like 40 or 50 yeah. inter- interdivisional games. Um,. And they were, and this is an odd number. Wait a second. They were eighty-three and seventy-eight. How how do they have an odd number? Eighty-three plus seventy-eight. 
Oh, they played one less game. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but they were they won. 83 and 78. Uh, the Astros were 82 and 80. The Reds were 80 and 82. Um, and they backed into that spot, 3 and 7. I will say, for the record, the 2006 Cardinals won. The 2006 Cardinals won the World Series, won it in five games. That's what I thought. They won it in five games over the Detroit Tigers that year, which is crazy to think about as well. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, when you – I don't see that happening this year with the AL Central. No. No, I, I no. don't think I don't think it's happening. They, I mean, it's awful. It's legit awful baseball to watch. I mean, the Guardians they cannot hit or pitch at the same time. They can either do one of either. When you have your ace Shane Bieber, who is literally sitting there, and one game he will hit, or one game he'll be lights out like what he was for the last two years, and then the next game. You look like you're throwing, like, Amir Garrett out there to start. And that's just not that's just not great baseball to watch. And the Twins are the same. The tw- I mean, literally every single one of these teams are underperforming in some way or another. And I, don't, I think the worst underperformance is the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. This is a team that should not be, what are they now, 16 games below 500? That shouldn't happen. They're 38 and 54. That shouldn't happen. I mean, <laughs> there's there's Kansas City. It could be worse. It could be worse, but Kansas City, you knew were going to be bad. Yeah. Chicago had Chicago had expectations and and they've just completely not had them at all. Uh, I think the biggest surprise, because on the complete opposite side of the spectrum from Chicago, where they're a team with expectations that completely did not touch those expectations, is a team that's had those expectations for a few years and kind of worn off in the Texas Rangers, Mm -hmm. which it's very surprising, albeit they're backing into the All-Star break, uh, losing the last two and going three for seven in their last, or three and seven in their last ten, but... The Rangers leading the division in the All-Star break is not something I would have thought at the beginning of the year. And I mean, they've had the talent to do it, but you just they, you never thought that they were actually going to turn the corner. And now they finally have. Uh, they're going to have an uphill road. You know, the Astros are the Astros. And you're losing DeGrom again, hurt again. DeGrom's going to be one of the biggest what-if pitchers of all time. 100%. He could oh, be one of the 100%. greatest of all time. Except he can never stay healthy, but I don't think I don't think it's a season ender this year. Uh, let me double check on that. I don't think it is, but I I don't know. Um, I I think that when when Texas is this good and they've got a pretty good chance to make the playoffs, still it it's impressive, and I I think it's interesting to see because the Rangers have pretty much been the uh, the Rangers have been the American League's version of the Philadelphia Phillies as we switch over to the National League where the Phillies are 48 and 41 this year. They finally actually started to play up to their potential in the regular season aside from barely scraping into the playoffs and then becoming this incredible team. Uh, 
despite being 48 and 41, they're 12 games back of the Atlanta Braves. And I, I you know, we talked a lot about Tampa Bay at the beginning of the year uh, about how good the Rays are, and the Rays are still good. They're at 58 and 35, but the Braves have got 60 games in the all at, at the All Star break. They're 60 and 29. That's incredible. Uh, they've got an eight and a half lead. Uh, eight-and-a-half game lead in the division over the Miami Marlins, 12 are the Philadelphia Phillies. The Mets are adrift at 18-and-a-half games back, and the Nationals are 25-and-a-half games back. But that's interesting. That's real interesting. I mean, it's not that interesting that the Braves are in front, but it's interesting how the Braves are in front. They've got a run differential of plus 147. Um and they're doing it on the home and the road. They've won 30 games on the home at home, 30 games on the road. It's a machine. I will say I think I think something that's so respectable about the Braves is they took their time. They built themselves up to this point. Like they their farm system was pretty good for a while. They they kind of took the time. They made some smart trades when they needed to. And now it's paying off. I mean, for them to be that that far far ahead have that run differential like they're they're on a steady uphill climb like they are they are at the top of the mountain and everybody else is slowly running up behind them hoping the rock doesn't fall it it's starting to look like uh the atlanta braves that we saw in the late 90s and early 2000s that won like 15 straight division titles i think Mm -hmm. it it's starting to look like that time of type of Braves team again, but I really want to give credit to the Miami Marlins. Oh, yes. They kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, they, there's quite a few teams that kind of came out of nowhere. The, I mean, the Rangers, you kind of saw them kind of coming, but the Marlins was a team you didn't see coming. They've had the pitching, but they have not had the hitting, but they made an incredible trade, making some, trading some kind of excess goods, it looks like, in Pablo Lopez to the Twins for Luis Arise, who is chasing Ted Williams and batting trying to go for 400 yeah i think i think that the marlins are another team that i didn't expect to be this good i mean i haven't i don't follow like divisions outside of where my teams are all that well but what i did know is that the marlins hadn't been all that great past few years and now i mean they're they're somewhat on the braves tail i mean you can't really say anyone's on the braves tail at this point but um I think I think if they just continue at this pace that they'll they'll find themselves into the playoffs no problem. Absolutely. One interesting stat though with the Miami Marlins. 14 games above 500 with a negative run differential. Hmm. 14 games above 500 but the run differential is a minus 5. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, looking at the NL Central, and we've talked about it a bunch, the Cincinnati Reds, 50-41, and 41, the Milwaukee Brewers, 49-42, and 42, one game back. The Cubs are there, seven games back. The Pirates are eight and a half games back. And literally the stuff of dreams for Reds fans, <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals are in the basement! So lovely. It is so lovely. 11 and a half games back, 38 and 52. This is their worst season since World War One. If you would have told me at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of the year before that, that the St. Louis Cardinals would be in last place in the NL Central, I would have been like, haha, go buy me a lottery ticket. Like, there's no no way that's happening. Like, and to, to see them that far behind is just baffling to me because 
That's that's not the Cardinals. That's no. not their culture. The Cardinals are 14 games below 500 of the All-Star break. And I, not in my lifetime can I think of a Cardinals team that's ever been anywhere close to being. I mean, normally they're at least at 500. Yeah. They're like the one stalwart in this NL Central. Uh, no matter where everyone else is, the Cardinals somehow are still there. So to see that is interesting. And looking at the top of the division with the Reds, it's going to be a dogfight between the Reds and the Brewers, obviously, and we'll talk about that a ton. But I think one thing that deserves a bit more respect is with the Chicago Cubs. They're seven games back in the division, but they're the only team with a positive run differential, plus 26. They have one of the best rotations, some of the best pitchers in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. How are they five games below 500 and seven games back in the division? When you look at the uh, ERA leaders uh, in the National League, you just see a lot of uh, Cubs. Uh, let, let's <laughs> let's even look at it. Uh, let's look at ERA leaders. Runs batted in, hits, strike. Oh, missed it. Earned run average. Kershaw's uh, overtaken... So Kershaw's overtaken uh, the Cubs players, but uh, looking at the National League, you got Clayton Kershaw at 255, Justin Steele at 256 earned run average, Marcus Stroman's in fourth with a 296 earned run average. Uh, it's kind of uh, bounced around a little bit, but you still had uh, Hendricks. I thought you still had Hendricks up there as well, but he's kind of fallen down. Drew Smiley, oof, four point. 3-1, but he's still just on the edge of top 20. But that's, you know, this is a really, you know, you've got some great pitchers on the Cubs team. Why aren't the Cubs doing better? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like the Cubs are comfortable where they are in the middle of the pack. They're always in the middle towards the top every year and I think that they're just going to wait for everybody else to mess up and then they're just going to climb to the top. I I don't think they're going to be able to see the Reds mess up as much as, you know. Right, right. I I think the Reds are going to be able to I think the Reds are going to be able to get the get the division. It's got to be them or the Brewers and Mm -hmm. that that series this weekend is going to be important, and every single one of those games are going to be on WATH. That's the top priority this weekend. Uh, if you don't listen to anything else on WATH this weekend, listen to the Reds, and because that's that's an absolutely huge series, and it's one that we're really excited to bring you here on WATH. But if the Reds can get through this series, because the key thing is. If they split the games with the Brewers, they were going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They always were going to be. Uh, so if you split 3-3, you come out of this series two games up, they've got an easier schedule on what the Brewers do down the stretch. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what the Reds can do. And then looking at the uh, National League West, it's a tie at the top between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the Dodgers technically have the division lead. Uh, with win percentage, uh, playing uh, 
two less games than the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers at 51 and 38. The Diamondbacks at 52 and 39. Um, then two and a half games back are the San Francisco Giants. The Padres are eight and a half games back. Uh, they're four games below 500. And the Colorado Rockies are 18 games uh, back. You know, the Rockies are irrelevant. And it's kind of sad that the Padres are too. And I kind of wonder how much that just random Padres run that you saw at, that got them to the NLCS hurt the franchise long term. There's absolutely no, like, the amount of talent on San Diego's roster. Blake Snell has refound just how good, how good he was back in uh, his Tampa Bay days. Why is San Diego four games below 500? This should be a team that is competing for titles, and yet every single year they haven't found they haven't found a way to. And last year you could say it was the Tatis suspension or anything else, but it. it you got to show results, and yeah, you uh, somehow managed to make your way into the uh, the National League Championship Series last year. That was a fluke. Oh, yeah. That was a fluke. You didn't even get to the big dance. You didn't get to the World Series. You didn't win the World Series. When you have put together that big of a payroll, you have to do that. You have to be able to actually compete and not... Just barely scrape your way in. Get hot at the right time until you run into a team that's even hotter in the Philadelphia Phillies. You have to be hot all the season. You should be doing what the Dodgers are doing or what the Diamondbacks are doing with younger players. I was say, it was funny you mentioned the payroll because I was sitting here thinking to myself, I was like, don't they have one of the biggest payrolls, if not the biggest payroll in the MLB? I think the Yankees and the Dodgers and possibly the Rangers at this point have bigger but for the size of market, even though I think that's yes. a myth, I think that's a myth. And I'll, I'll, you know, small market teams don't exist. I, I will say that. I've said that for years. Um, but when they're, they're right up there with the Dodgers and the Yankees with that. payroll, and they're not I'm, succeeding. I wonder if all the, the hype, I mean, they hosted an all-star game, I mean, Petco's beautiful park. I wonder if all the hype around they got those big players, they had those big moments. I wonder if it just got to them too much and they just they internally they're just shattered. I don't know, but it, it's uh, it's not great for the teams. Uh, looking at the wild card standings really quick, uh, the Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Giants are sitting in the positions right now. The Phillies and Brewers are a half game back. Then you got to go way back the Padres are sitting six games out so I mean it's doable for them to get back but I don't know I mean you gotta you gotta start figuring out some stuff quick and I mean they're six and four in their last 10 games so maybe they are they do have a positive run differential but it, it I don't know I just can't with Miami leading the National League right now that yeah Miami Miami being in a wild card position and that's scary Because, you know, they've only lost one playoff series in their entire 30-year history. How many times have they been to the playoffs, Carl? Three. That's what I thought. You want to guess which years they did? Well, it was, they were, it was like around when they first started. Wait, I know, um, somewhat, um, 
It was in the 90s, wasn't it? 1997, because they won off Nagy's glove and into center field. Yeah. Uh, over the Cleveland Guardians. Then, any other guess on the other one? Two, mid 2000s. 2003. Uh, they beat the Cubs. That was the uh, they beat the Cubs in the NLCS. It was the uh, uh, Steve Bartlett game. I don't know much about the Marlins. Or, uh, no, it was. I'm just a good guesser. I think. Literally, uh, 1997, they win the championship. Huge fire sale. They get back. They win. They they rebuild the team. Win it in 2003. Huge fire sale again. You want to know who was on that 2003 Marlins team? My brain is like Derek Jeter, but it, it was not. No. Miguel Cabrera. Yes. Miguel, I was yeah. I was thinking like this is so bad of me, but like bald people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I mean it's it's home you know it's home to uh, uh, Pitbull. So I mean, well no, I was just like in my head like sometimes like I just I just had like this image of like an old school like Marlins uniform, and I I don't know why I was thinking Jeter because like. He he was a Yankee like his almost his entire career. He did he did have a front office role with the Marlins for a few yes, years. Yes, yes, I I knew that I knew that, but I was like I just don't know why my brain was like I should know that I should know better. My my dad would be so mad if he heard me say that he's a huge Yankees fan. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah no Jeter's the captain he never touched I I will say and you know while I touched on the small market myth. Um, Something, and this is reading material for you. If you if you get bored over the summer, if you're tired of tripping over lines on the sidewalk, <laughs> it, it, you can go to the library. They have a great book. It's called The Game by, it's by John, I believe it's by John Heyman. Uh, but let me make sure, believe. No, it's not John Hay. It's John somebody. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm looking it up to make sure. It's it's called The Game. Uh, it's by John Pessa. That's who it is. John Pessa. And you need to you need to read that. You need to read it. Uh, it's it's basically inside the secret world of Major League, and it talks about how it got. You know, it basically talks about how we got to where we did. It talks about how Bud Selig, who is one of the worst people to ever be a part of Major League Baseball, I might say. Everything with stadium deals, the Oakland Athletics situation, can be traced all the way back to Bud Selig. He pretty much extorted the entire state of Wisconsin and put together the blueprint to all of these franchises crying poor. Small market's a myth, and that, that, that book proves it. Uh, the game uh, inside the secret world of Major League Baseball's Power Brokers. Uh, it's by John Pessa. Uh, it's great. You, uh, it, it talks about... Bud Selig, uh, Don Fair, the head of the union for uh, baseball back in the 90s. Uh, it also uh, touches on George Steinbrenner, and it goes through pretty much every single 
uh, major event that happens in baseball from about 1991 to around 2008, including you know everything from the 94 strike to uh, the steroid use, uh, 9/11, all of that. It's uh, it's a great read. I might go and read it again. Honestly, it, it it's that good. It, it's a great book. It's really a great book. So that's that's your homework, Ashley. Read that book, and I, I promise you, once you start reading it, you won't be able to put it down. If it's on Kindle Unlimited, I'm gonna go home and search that up. I just got a Kindle Unlimited subscription because um, it's cheaper than just buying a bunch of books all the time. And I like I always forget to return library books because I'll like start a book and it'll take like a, a month to get through it because I don't have the time. Um, so if it's on there, I'll start it right away. All right. You better. It, it's I it's will. it's, it's I a will. Good, it's a good. Oh, it's a good book. Oh, I spilled my Arnold Palmer. Oh, oh. have you ever had the strawberry one of those? What? Yeah, there's a strawberry one. It's so delicious. It has. It's like a picture of Arnold Palmer, and there's like little strawberries all around him. It's the cutest little. I've never. Person. No, I've never heard of this in my. Yeah. Movie. Oh my gosh. We're doing, so we're doing, good. I'm doing research on it. We're talking about it after the break here on WATH. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Total Media Radio's Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO and Pure Rock 105 XTQ FM proudly present the rent-to-own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. Live from the porch at Raleigh Smokehouse in Jackson. Rent Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr. continues this Thursday night featuring the Mid-Ohio Valley's Sour Mash String Band. If you're looking for a great evening out, come join us on the porch at Rowdy's and be a part of the musical journey while enjoying a great Rowdy Smokehouse dinner. And of course, it's happy hour, so Rowdy's will have some great drink specials too. Rent Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr. Presented this week by Globe Furniture and Mattress of Chillicothe. Quality selection and service. This Thursday, live from Rowdy's, only on Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO, Pure Rock 105 XTQFM, and around the world on the Total Media Radio app. Family dinners, game nights, and holiday parties, it all happens at home. And the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, Departments of Commerce and Insurance, want to help Ohioans realize the dream of home ownership. Visit myohiohome.org for more information on how to find a real estate agent, down payment assistance, and more. If you're ready to buy a home, help is available. Visit myohiohome.org. Home ownership. Make it a part of your future. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency and aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. 
I can't believe that nobody in my life ever told me about Strawberry Arnold Palmer. Well, that's what I get for. I, I work at a gas station back home, so like it's like a carryout. So that's what I, I get for knowing all the, the items. They're so good. I'm disappointed in every other person in my life that kept this information from me for years. I mean, I, I love Arnold Palmer. I couldn't find it for a few years. Uh, but, I mean, I, I love Arnold Palmer. I mean, it's 99 cents and 22 ounces of just iced tea and lemonade. I'm not even a big iced tea guy, but really, I when it's mixed with lemonade, Arnie's way. Oh, I, growing up, when I go to my grandparents' house, my grandma makes literally the best iced tea. She does, like, a regular tea, and then she'll put, like, a raspberry tea with it, too. It is the best thing, because then you don't even need to put sugar in it. You can put sugar in it if you want, but um, my dad always does. He does sun tea. We have, like, a big old, like, pickle jar. It's, like, a giant jar, and then he just sticks it outside. Oh, my gosh. Sun tea is the best because it brews so strong because it's just – it's so hot, and it's just sitting in the sun. And you just put a whole lot of sugar in that. We have, like, a cut-up RC bottle that we use to, like, funnel the sugar kind of into <laughs> into the jar. Um, but it – oh, I love I love tea. My favorite Arizona tea, though, is the is the raspberry one. I do yeah. like the raspberry one. I could see that's pretty good. I, I never see any – I've seen sun tea once or twice on my TikTok feed. Most of the teas I see also involve um, – multiple different other liquids uh <laughs> liquors actually let's say that uh i, I see all you know it, it, you dump in some sweet tea and then you throw in a bunch of like fruit and then you throw in like everclear in there and it's like people drink this oh my no i just i like my sweet tea with just tea just tea and tea and sugar the best sweet tea is cracker barrel sweet tea there's nothing like that it is or or the sweet tea at Gigi's. I will say the sweet tea at Gigi's, like it it just like it hits home. It hits the heart. It is so good. I, I can't say I've ever had I'm not like I said, I'm not big sweet tea. I I can't tell you the last time I went to Cracker Barrel. I think I went to a Cracker Barrel when I was like five. And that's the last time I've been to one. <laughs> every every time I go on vacation, my mom gets like the Cracker Barrel gift cards at Kroger because like the four times the fuel points things they do. And then so we'll, like, stop along the way. But there's one, like, 15 minutes-ish from my house. So we go every now and again. But I just – there's something about a Cracker Barrel meal that just, like, it, it just feeds your soul. Which it could be – the same could be said for Waffle House. I'm a big Waffle House yes. supporter. Yes. It just – it feeds your soul. I get that – every time I go, I get my cinnamon raisin toast at the Waffle House. And it just – there's nothing like it. Also, I have nostalgia with Waffle House, though, but that's... Me too. I, I've seen I've seen Cade Williamson. Uh, we tried convincing Cade Williamson one time to tackle a tree, a uh, Christmas tree, at the Waffle House in Lancaster. <laughs> see, my nostalgia is um, my dad ran on a fire department for, like, almost my entire life, mm-hmm. and there was, across the street from one of his stations down towards Dayton, was a Waffle House. So sometimes when we would visit dad, we would visit him for like the more in like the morning, afternoon, whatever, and we go to Waffle House. Yeah, I mean, you betcha. If 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 there's rain delays or anything, heck, I might even leave here at like ten. I'm going up to Lancaster tomorrow for the uh, to broadcast the uh, American Legion Junior Tournament. The Athens Post Twenty One team is you know they're they're incredible this year. 
they're playing in that tournament for state. I'm going up there to broadcast it. If there's any rain delay, Waffle House. Oh, Waffle House is so good. It yeah. is. There's... It is. I, I have nostalgia. I went once with our colleagues Cedric Granger and Ethan Sargent. We went to a Ravens-Colts game uh, <laughs> in 2021. Uh, it was the Monday night football game. We found tickets for like fifty bucks. Yeah, it was. We had we were in the top in one of the end zones, upper deck. Great view. It was like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We were about like eight seats in front of. Uh, we were about eight seats in front of the uh, camera that went across the field like that yeah. for the all twenty two. But I mean, I loved it. It, it was, they were great seats. It was really cool. I mean, one of the first plays was Jonathan Taylor took a screen pass and just. Uh, went to the end zone with it. One of the coolest things I think ever, because you could sit there, you could see it develop, yeah. and then like you just, oh, he's gone. Unfortunately, the Colts blew a 19-point lead that day, uh, <laughs> lost 31-25 in overtime. I lost my voice. I was so mad. That That's was miserable. It, there's an iconic picture of me. I'm just sitting there, arms crossed, just... Mm. You've got Cedric sitting there so happy as a bird. You just got Ethan there just filming it all and enjoying it um but on the drive back well first of all we underestimated how far it was to baltimore i thought it was only going to be like about oh five hours ended up being like six and a half so mind you this is on a monday night remember so and i'm going to try to tell this story before we run out of time it's on a monday night we leave we don't get out of the parking garage till about 12 12 30 we stop at a waffle house almost got ran over by a dump truck <laughs> like there's just a dump truck going 80 miles an hour almost get run over by them stop at a waffle house there was this, these dudes in the waffle house who literally racked up 200 bills each it was insane we eat at the waffle house we drive the entire night we get back to athens this morning 8 a.m <laughs> legendary trip one of the one of the greatest trips I think I've ever made. But that wraps up for the sports fan today. Make sure to tune in noon, hopefully, as we have American Legion Junior State Baseball here on W A T H.